Welcome back to CrimeFiction.fm, where we bring the authors of today's best mysteries and suspense novels directly to you. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and I'm here with Alison Brennan, the author of the Maxine Revere series, the second of which, Compulsion, was released last week. Allison is on the DL a little bit, to use a baseball term, since we're in the beginning stages of the baseball season. She's a little bit under the weather, but she's coming off the bench to do this interview today, and we appreciate it. Allison, welcome. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> I can hear it in your voice already. <laughs> yeah, just the little frog in the back of my throat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... The first book in this series was Notorious. It was one of my two favorite books of last year. I absolutely loved it. I recommend it to everyone, and I'm so excited that the second book is here. I've read it. I loved it. Um, tell listeners a little bit about Max and the series. Well, thank you so much. I am so glad you enjoyed them. Um, <clears throat> Max Revere is such a fun character for me to write because she's so different from my other characters. When I came up with the idea of Max, I wanted her to be not a traditional protagonist or a traditional heroine. I wanted her to be strong-willed, a little stubborn, very smart, um, attractive, and very independent. And I I like the independence. um, I was talking to a, a friend of mine who we were talking about the differences of how men and women are treated in the workplace. And one of the things that I remember when I worked in the Capitol is I was really considered kind of a bitch because I stood up for what I believed in. And I had an instance where I had this um, uh, colleague of mine and I, I was sort of in charge of a bunch of different offices. And I had to lay down the law with him and say, look, you can't do that. If you do that, you, it's illegal and you're going to get your member, your elected official that you work for in trouble. You have to stop it. And I, w- I was really firm with him because at first I was nice and he wasn't listening to me. So I was very firm and said, if he didn't stop, I was going to essentially go to our mutual boss. And he basically looked at me and said, well, I guess we know who wears the pants in your family. It's like, <laughs> excuse me? My husband at the time worked for the state Senate. I worked for the assembly and no one would have ever said that to my husband or anything like it. If he said, don't do that, it's illegal, they would not have done it. And so that was, and that's kind of how I developed Max. She's going to say what she thinks and sort of take no prisoners. She really believes in what she's doing, and I admire that. And you get that out early in the books. It, in each case, it, it comes out earlier in the books where the B word is used, Um it just it, it it's part of what makes her such a fabulous character. This this strength that that you mention, and the the take no prisoners approach. She she is going to get the story, um, regardless of of what it takes. So uh, and and I maybe gave away a little bit there, and I didn't mean to steal your thunder. Max <laughs> is sort of an investigative reporter, sort of kind of. Yeah, she's. Uh, an investigative reporter. She's written true crime books. She doesn't have to work because she's independently wealthy. One of the reasons I did that is I didn't want to have to deal with how she travels around the country, you know, how she funds herself. I basically wanted her, this was her cause. And so she's willing to spend her own money to solve these cases. So she's a, a reporter in the sense that 
She writes about what she's investigating. She digs deep. She has press credentials. She has a backstory and a talent in this, but she really does it because she wants to solve these crimes. Okay, now let's talk about the crime or the the story behind the new book, Compulsion, which is it's just fabulous. I, I love this whole storyline that you've built with the book. Well, thank you. Um, Compulsion came up, I came up with the idea because, as you know, Max focuses on cold cases. And right now she's kind of going through a situation of, she has so much on her plate that she's feeling like things are slipping through the cracks. So here's a missing couple in her city of New York City. She's been lived there since college. Um, and she really wanted to help find them. But then she got sidetracked on all these other things that she was doing. And she felt in a way she let them down. So she's really determined to find them now. She has a theory that the serial killer who was arrested um had that there's similar similarities in his other victims and how they were abducted with the disappearance of this elderly couple. And the police don't want to listen to her, and neither does the DA, because they've arrested him. They found a girl in the trunk of his car alive before he was able to kill her, and they are confident in their conviction. And Max respects that, but at the same time, she believes this elderly couple needs justice too, that you can't just forget about them. And she believes he knows something. So she's determined to talk to him, figure it out, search for them. The other thing I love about this particular book is I get to dig a little deeper into Max's backstory so that hopefully readers can kind of understand how she came to be the person she is today. There's a new character in this book, uh, a new female character, sort of a protege. Uh, not not a protege, but someone who's learning from from Max, and and she adds a different element from Notorious. Uh, why did you decide to bring her on? In Notorious, Max had a problem keeping an assistant. She uh, they either quit or she fired him. Mm-hmm. She is very demanding, very difficult to work for, but she feels that it's justified because she gives them a lot of perks. Um, so. Now that she's in New York, she hired uh, Riley, who was went to her alma mater. She's very, very eager. She really wants to do a good job, and Max liked her. Um, she thought she saw potential in her. So even against her producers, basically his his best wishes, he didn't like this girl. She brought Riley on. Um, Riley then sold herself to Ben, the producer, because she is completely dedicated, a total workaholic, just like Max. Mm -hmm. And so Max wants to bring her up. But there's some fundamental differences between the two women, not just because Riley's younger and less experienced, but her the way she views things and her over-eagerness and the way she cuts corners. David Kane, Max's right-hand guy, uh, can see that. And Max doesn't. And I think that's kind of a a sign, just not just in David and Max's relationship and friendship, but also in how Max views other people. And I really enjoyed writing about Riley. I actually didn't know what was going to happen to her mm-hmm. <laughs> over the course of the story. And not to give anything away, I think um, how she responded was totally in Riley's character and uh, how she responded to a series of events. And how Max responded to that was interesting to me because I didn't know. I never know what I'm 
writing. I never know how it's going to resolve. I never know who lives and dies. I sometimes don't even know who the killer is. So when I uncovered all of that near the end of the book and how those two um, were the same and how they were different, it was very interesting to me. And I learned actually a lot about Max. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. The last time you and I talked, you, you said basically the same thing, that you just kind of get into the story and it evolves. And I just find that so astonishing. Not, not that you're the only person that does that. A lot of people do. But your stories seem so well planned. And, and I guess it just works out that way for you. <laughs> uh, it's, or that's uh, all that part is- of the revision process. Well, you know, I, the hardest part for me is you got to get the story out there. And Mm -hmm. once it's out on paper, I can fix any of the problems. I can go back and say, oh, that's who the killer is. Well, did I, you know, is, did I pull this out of thin air or is it actually hinted at? And usually there are clues I just didn't realize it when I was writing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's so cool. Now, for, for people who haven't read the first book yet, there was, in, in the early days of Max, she was a one-crime-at-a-time type person. She, she would focus on one thing, and she'd spend her own money on it, and she would work through it until the end. And that's a big part of the, of the conflict, as you mentioned in, in this book. She's busy now. She's on television. She's more of a celebrity. She's doing these news bits that aren't even related to her show. And she feels pulled in a thousand different directions. And having read the first book, you could really see the angst building up inside of her, the, the sense that she's not doing her job. Yeah, I think a lot of, uh, especially working women, especially if they have families, and Max doesn't have any children and she's not married, but she's in a relationship. And I think that a lot of women do feel that that pull and tug. For Max, it's more because she wants to focus on one crime, and yet she's being called to look at this case or look at that case or write an article about this or write another true crime book, which takes tons of time to research. I have a friend of mine who's a true crime writer, Greg Olson, great guy. He writes fiction and true crime. Mm -hmm. And he said it takes him, basically one reason he doesn't write as much true crime now is it can take up to two years to research and write a book. And because you have to verify everything and you have to spend so much time getting everything right because it's nonfiction. Whereas fiction takes him about six months to write because it's usually you get to make it all up. <laughs> so with Max, I can see I can see that she's wants to do everything and she's going to have to realize she can't do everything. And I think that's common. It was the same way I was when I was working in the legislature. I had kids, I had a husband, I had a house, I was working full time, I have a mom, you know, all these things come crashing down and you realize, wait a minute. I don't know if I can do all this. And now you're no longer working in the state legislature in California. You're a full-time writer, but you still have kids. You still have life that's going on. This is, I I don't even know. I I tried to count and gave up. What number book is this for you, Compulsion? Uh, 25. Okay, so you've written 25 books, or you've published 25 books so far. You have, I think, three more in the production schedule for this year? Um, Yeah, I have... Two that I've already written that will be out later this year, and then I'm writing the third Max books, which will be out in April. Okay. All right. So 
you're busy, so you you have to be feeling some of this same stress that that Max is feeling. What's what's different when when we last talked? Notorious was just out, and it was your first hardcover release. And for for listeners who may not know this, the production cycle for hardcover books is different than it might be for mass market paperback books. It's uh, it's lengthier. There are more people involved. So now you're working on one series that's mass market paperback, another series that's hardback. How how does that all come together for you? It, it's a completely different process. And when I was writing mass markets and I wrote, oh, let's see, 22 mass markets before my first hardcover came out, that's um, a much tighter Time frame. They don't send out uh, printed arcs for review. They usually will send out like a, I don't want to say photocopied, but basically a quickly copied galley. You mm-hmm. know, they're not like all pretty or anything. Uh, they don't do a lot of, um, they'll do some promotion and co-op and stuff because obviously you have, my books are in Walmart and Target, all the mass markets are. You know, so they're in Walmart and they're Target and grocery stores. So they do really well with the distribution because there's a lot more places that mass markets can go. But they don't spend as much time, say, on the back end, like the promotion and the marketing and the reviews, because Mm -hmm. it's a completely different way that you sell them. Whereas the hardcover, they wanted the book a whole year before (laughs) it was published. And so because they want to have it completely done to print really nice arcs and get them out for early reviews and Mm -hmm. try to garner a lot of um, support from independent bookstores who don't generally take a lot of mass markets. Um, trying to build my audience in, say, the mystery independent stores and other places like that. So for me, it's just a different in how I think about it. For I had to write Compulsion um, before I wrote the book that came out before it, the mass market <laughs> that came out before it. Right. So that's, uh-huh. <laughs> that's all. It, it, for me in my head, it's I need to have everything on a calendar because I get completely confused. <laughs> and I can imagine it, it would even be challenging for interviews like this because I just finished the book, so I'm asking questions. It's all fresh in my mind. You probably finished writing at, at, at least, well, other than subtle changes and things, you probably finished writing it uh, over a year ago. Yeah, I turned the book in on April 1st of last year, and the last time I read it was the page proofs, which I got in... I, I think August. So it's been a while. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I remember most of the story because I I don't reread my books, but mm-hmm. I did skim a few points because I'm writing the third Max book and I had to remember what I said, <laughs> which is sometimes because I don't plot, I don't have anything written down, and I forget. Wait a minute, was that character this, or did I actually kill that character, or were they just in the hospital? I even forget things like that. <laughs> okay, the other books you have coming out this year are in a completely different series, which is the Lucy Kincaid series. Do I have that right? Yes. Okay, and those are coming out when? Um, I have two books, Best Laid Plans in August and No Good Deed in November, they're loosely connected, um, and they're both in San Antonio, where she's been assigned uh, now that she's a full FBI agent. They basically, the events in the first book, Best Laid Plans, kind of set up the events in the next book. Mm-hmm. I mean, all my Lucy books can kind of be read alone, other than the fact that she's growing in over the course of the series as her character goes from Quantico to becoming a full FBI agent. So she's doing some personal growth. But each 
book has its own mystery, which is fun. And she's totally different than Max. uh, Yes, totally different. So for people who want to keep up with you and, and this publication schedule of yours, what's the best place for people to follow you? Well, first, my webpage, alisonbrennan.com, has all my books um, that are coming out that are scheduled. And Facebook. I'm on Facebook all the time. <laughs> Probably too much. Um, and it's facebook.com slash alisonbrennan, which makes it really easy. But I always will post if I have something new coming out or reminders. I'll post it there. Plus pictures of all my animals, my kids playing sports. Oh, my gosh. A lot of pictures of your kids playing sports. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love. I love girls softball, and I saw you posted some pictures of your daughter the other day in a softball game. Yes, she's now on a competitive softball team, so we have a lot more to do. She has tournaments almost every weekend, and uh, she's a catcher and left fielder, and so she's uh, she keeps busy. <laughs> and I bet the mom taxi is running almost 24 hours a day now. Uh yeah, I, I fortunately, one of the best things about being a writer is being able to work from home. So they have to go to school. It's a state uh, law. Uh, They're <laughs> in school. So I can get all my stuff done before they get home and then can do all of the mom stuff and get them to practices or go to the grocery store or, or do whatever needs to be done. And then I'll often write at night, especially when I'm on a deadline like I am now writing the third max book, which is due at the end of the month. Uh, I'll right at night after they go to bed. Well, I hope you feel better soon. I appreciate you coming off the DL or coming off the bench today to uh, to do this interview. It's, it was a pleasure. Well, thank you so much. This is Stephen Campbell for CrimeFiction.fm. You can find us on iTunes and on the web at www.CrimeFiction.fm. If you are an iTunes listener, please subscribe and give us a rating or a review. Those will help other crime fiction readers find great new books like Compulsion from Alison Brennan. Thanks for listening.